Internet Explorer has adult themes like Harry Potter and Snape having sex, and we use kind of explicit language to describe that in vivid detail. Every crevice of Snape's body caressing Harry, each lock of his dark hair as his cape envelops him. Hello, Mr. Um, Potter. That's a good Snape. Is it right? <laughs> yeah. Mr. Potter. Hello, Mr. Potter. Hello, and welcome to Internet Explorer. Hello! Like Seinfeld. I'm Katie Natopoulos. I'm Ryan Broderick. And uh, today we're going to talk about some awesome stuff from the internet. Like All kinds always, of good stuff. Like we always do because we love the internet and that's where we live. And so we start every episode the way we always do, which is by tormenting our producer Julia with a cool and interesting word from the internet. Hi, guys. Hi, Julia. Hi, Julia. <laughs> Um, Julia Furlan, you are a person who uses the internet, but you are not a disgusting internet animal like we are, correct? Uh, yeah, I have a human form. Unlike you have you a guys. human form. Um, and so we have a special quiz for you. Yes, we have a word of the day. Yay! All right, are you ready for your word of the day? Ready. Your word of the day is slash. But the, but the the particular slash that I'm thinking of. It's not the guitarist from <laughs> Guns N' Roses, and this it's time. not the physical verb to actually to cut something roughly. That's all. Wait, that's all the hints you're gonna get. That. Okay, so my guess was knives, like some sort of internet community that was related to murder. No, <laughs> I'll give you a hint too. It's not. It's a noun. It's used as a noun. Is it a? Murderer message board. No. Is it a place where no. slash? No. It's not a stabbing no. thing. No. Um, so slash is a term for a type of fan fiction where uh, erotic fan fiction. Typically erotic oh fan fiction featuring two male characters. Right. So two male characters that within the canon of the fiction would not normally be together. For example... In the world of Harry Potter, Snape and Harry do not make love at any point in oh. either the books or the movies. Pretty right? sure. I'm fairly certain. Pretty sure. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure nobody makes love. In, in the world of Slash, Snape and Harry Potter, they are going to town on each other. Oh, God. Currently, I'm actually looking at a piece of Harry Styles' Barack Obama slash Vic. Mm -hmm. Oh, no. Which, uh, and there's a bunch of versions of this, but typically it's that Obama... Um, meets Harry because mm -hmm. they've met in real life. Wait, so it's it's store it's like a full right. storyboard so of visual and written. Sometimes can you can do either. gifts. You so can make gifts. Or it could be art. like a drawing. It could also be a story. So it could be a drawing of Snape and Harry Potter having sex, or it could be like a written out three chapter story of how right. they met and fell in love and had this erotic adventure. Oh no! Actually, there um, there's a good amount of evidence that Fifty Shades of Grey is based on erotic fan fiction for Twilight. And that uh, and and I believe uh, the 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 story goes that she just changed the names. Mm. But it was originally Bella and Edward. Yeah. Oh but wow. Slash refers specifically to gay male typically, characters. Typically. Typically. It's typically uh, so like in the Harry Styles of Barack Obama one 
They meet at the White House. Then Harry notices Barack Obama in the crowd at their next concert. <laughs> and then they start Could you imagine if Barack Obama just like showed up at a... You had to see Harry. <laughs> yeah. Or I mean, it would make more sense if it was like he was bringing his daughters there, right? Like right. maybe they, like it makes sense that they're big One Direction fans. Do you think they are? Do you think Sasha and Millie are One Direction? I think oh, they're no. cooler than that because they're, I think yeah, they, I think they're cooler than that. I think they're like in the part where they listen to like Migos or like mm-hmm. really good like 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 electronica mm. I feel like they're really cool okay oh they're so much cooler yeah, than I think they're probably cool. like trap music dubstep like yeah. they're they're out there um so anyway Metal. so so Harry notices Barack's there just rocking out sort of in the maybe he has like a private box in the corner or oh something. so in the one I read he was in the front row oh okay just with all the other girls <laughs> that seems, I mean I'm not a member of the uh, secret service but I have to say, I mean, we we know that Secret Service has been slacking off. That's been in the news that, you know, all these egregious uh, <laughs> slips of people took a, some guy drove by and shot at the White House, all this well, stuff. Well, no one but Harry knew it was Barack because uh, Barack Obama was wearing sunglasses. Oh, see, yeah, tricky. Yeah. Oh, there obviously. But the, yeah. their connection that completely mm-hmm. masks someone's identity. And sunglasses. Harry sounds like, yeah. oh, I bet that's Barack. Yeah. Oh, no. Um, yeah, it, I, another form that I know is very popular is with members of Lord of the uh, Lord of the Rings trilogy. Members of, it's but that's like real. That was in the movie. That super super homoerotic scene. Well, that's the thing. So There's I tons think that of erotic what'll happen is is there'll be these movies or these stories where there there'll be just like a, a hint of homoeroticism, and it's not ever fully explored, or it's not technically part of it, and then the fans go wild, and they're like, okay, well, what if? <laughs> Come on, what if Legolas and the other guy were doing it? Oh, my what God. One of the oldest um, slash duos uh, in the 1800s, there, it, uh, dating back that far, there has been a community writing erotic fan fiction about Sherlock Holmes and John Watson. Right, which is still today <laughs> a wildly popular combination of erotic fan fiction, the, that pairing. It's, yeah, it's like the Oreos and Milk. Right. That is so interesting. And fic. why is it only uh, homoerotic? Why is it only dudes? Why is it only men? It's a lot of times it's, well, typically it's women, straight women writing fantasies in which two male characters have like a sexual relationship. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of it is playing with that taboo. But then I think also it's just that like, it's really hot. Why is it called slash? Uh, name slash name. So yeah. like so the syntax. Like- Slash Harry slash Barack. Right. And if you listening out there have an idea for good slash fiction, uh, please write it. Mm -hmm. uh, Handwrite it, maybe in your own blood. Yes. And mail it to us or email us uh, at internetexplorer at buzzfeed.com. So our producer, Julia Furlan, went out into this terrible weather this week, but she went out and she asked people... uh, what, what would their first Sona be? If you could be any animal, what animal would you be and why? I would be a raven because my name's Raven, so it works out. I think I would get fired from my job if I ever revealed what my other kin is. Because my other kin is a sentient, genderless, asexual submarine with male genitalia. I would like to be a panda. Because they're cute and fluffy, and I think bamboo looks delicious. Why not? I like a cheetah because it runs really fast. A lion. Because he's the king of the jungle, and I like to be the king of my jungle. A panther, uh, because they're very mysterious, and um, they live in the wild, and they're sexy. And there you go. A black panther. Why? Because they're fucking cool. 
a lion because they are the king. I mean, you know, is the king of the jungle. <laughs> mm, zebra, because they eat grass. Today we're going to talk about something that we both really, really love. That I I'm, mean, I think everyone loves. Everyone loves, and I'm so excited that we're going to talk about this today. Yes, uh, it's a little community you might never heard of before called Furries. Furries. I love furries. It's uh, one of the, the best, greatest mysteries of the internet. Mm -hmm. And today, our second topic is the second best, greatest mystery of the internet, which is whether or not there are two Kylie Jenners. <laughs> According to teen Twitter... There are two Kylie Jenners. So we're going to get into that and more, but first... Furries are people who dress up as animals, kind of like a mascot, but it's more than just being like a mascot. They look like Disney characters, and as I learned, it actually has a lot to do with Disney movies. But it's so tied into the DNA of the internet. It's like one of these things that is just internet people are obsessed with. I feel like in a hundred years, it will be a religion. Like, <laughs> this is... I. I'm fairly convinced that people in Jerusalem, when Jesus was walking around, mm -hmm. were like, that guy is crazy. Yeah. And then a hundred years later, it's a religion. Yeah. Furries, when, same deal. When you think about it, being the, quote, son of God is really just another kind of fursona. I self-identify as a godkin. So right, that is right. kind of how I deal with it anyways. But every once in a while, I like to check in on the furry community. Yes. I, I like to see if they're doing anything weirder than they were before, mm -hmm. and chances are they are. So there was a chemical attack at a furry convention a few months ago. Yeah, I remember that over the summer. It was they, big news. Right. It was all over the place, and it got me thinking about the furry community, and I realized I hadn't checked in on them in a while. Yeah. And they are sort of this raving, manic section of the internet that mm -hmm. doesn't really talk to anyone else, so you're never really not sure what they're up to. Right. So I did a piece for BuzzFeed trying to find out what modern furries think of themselves. Right. And I started with this website called FurryMate, okay. which is a furry dating site. And they, e uh, I may or may not be a member. I may not, or may or may not be Ryan Fur at FurryMate <laughs> um, as a lurker. But they send me updates all the time about mm -hmm. the community. And they were talking about the first FurryMate weddings. Okay. Which wow. were furries that met on a dating site for furries and then got married. You know, and people say true love doesn't exist anymore, that you can't find it on the internet, but look at this. Find one person who makes your tail wag and you'll be with them for the rest of your life. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> Isn't it? My ears are twitching right now. But so I talked to a lovely couple from Florida mm -hmm. who uh, wanted to go by their fursonas, which if you're not familiar with the, the term, a fursona is like a persona. It's your identity as a furry. Right. Um, so this is... Kid a wolf hawk. I am an Arctic wolf. Most people think I'm a fox because of the song, What Does the Fox Say? And her mate, Tristan. He is a fox-wolf hybrid known as a wolf. They explained to me a little bit about how you develop your fursona. It's like we grew up with animated cartoons, animals that could talk, things like that. And it just was one of those things where you started wanting to emulate that sort of thing. And, it, and the fantasy kind of rolled into it, and then finding out that there's an entire culture about it uh, really piqued my interest at the time. Because, you know, yeah, we grew up with Disney, and almost every single Disney movie is a talking animal. Right, and it's right. just like, oh my goodness, what would I give to have big fluffy ears and have paws and have a tail? I mean, that'd be so cool. I wanted to know exactly what makes you want to be a furry. 
And why do it? Because there's people get made fun of for it all the time. Right. And interestingly enough, as uh, Tristan and Kidda Wolfhawk were mm-hmm. telling me, there is a term for furries who do not want to admit that they're furries deep down. In the suitcase. Because they put the suits in, in suitcases. Because <laughs> of the fursuit. Yes. So okay. here's, here's uh, Tristan and Kidda talking a little bit about what it's like to actually realize that you are furry mm-hmm. and that this is going to be your lifestyle. Mm-hmm. We've taken size of things that are in normal relationships and there's always a furry aspect to it for for the majority it's a social thing uh, for us we run the volusia county fur group it can mean more to anyone than you can like like people like i know some people who are who are chronically depressed and i have talked to them and i've worn kitten and they are just so much happier being able to interact with someone like that so yeah it, it's a coming out story in a way uh, there are mirrors to any sort of other identity that you discover you have in adulthood. You know, something that anytime I've ever talked about furries with someone, the thing they've always asked is, is it a sex thing? That's the big, that was, so the headline for my piece was actually, they don't want to be considered a fetish anymore. Right. And so when I went to this furry convention, this was this theme over and over and over again that all of the people I talked to we're really trying to hammer home, like, people think it's a sex thing. There was, there's this famous episode, I mean, famous only within the mur- furry community, episode of CSI, where there's, like, a <laughs> yeah. furry murder, and they're very upset about murder, it. Because, if you will. Yeah, <laughs> um, because it, it depicts it as a sex thing. Right. And that's how a lot of sort of, you know, that is the biggest pop culture reference is this CSI episode. Um, so all these people be like, it's not a sex thing. It's just, you know, it makes us happy to do this. But then, you know, in within the convention, there would be there was a whole sort of selling floor part of the convention. And there was a whole half of it that you could only enter if you were over 18. And it right. was all the furry <laughs> artists. Oh, you actually got me a piece. You got me a blue. I believe it's a blue fox sunbathing with an erect penis <laughs> at the beach. Right. Yeah. So there's this whole thing of the... People who are in the community, when they're talking to outsiders, they really are adamant that this is not a sex thing. But then, like, but it totally is. Like, there's this, you know, huge other piece of it that is undeniable that people are interested in the sex aspect of it, you know? And I tried to figure out within the context of them being adamant, like, Mm -hmm. this is not a sex thing. Yeah. Um, I asked them, you know, why do people focus on the sex thing? And here's Kidda and Tristan talking a little bit about the negative attention they receive. Mm-hmm. It can it can be very difficult. Uh, I know I've lost a job or two because of being a furry. So the common misconception is that furries are just these really creepy, like, sex offenders and pedophiles, which is not true at all. It's right. not. If I were to put it, not, not so much bluntly, it's just, it's people who want to be outgoing, but are basically afraid to. So ultimately what I learned is that if you're a furry, typically you have problems with expressing yourself right sex from what i've read on the internet when people do it they're expressing themselves i've never had it so i don't know but i've heard that if you do (laughs) if you are furry all parts of your life come through as a furry so you know you are playful and you're innocent but then you also will dress up like your fursona and you'll have sex as your fursona right i mean i can also say that when i went to this convention i spent a lot of time at sort of the end of the night on Saturday night being like, I know that somewhere in this hotel, 
there's some crazy furry sex going down right now, and I've got to find it. And you know like, what? I wanted to watch that. I think we I should, could not find it. I think we should just say this, and I, I, I stand by this. Mm-hmm. Internet Explorer as a podcast is pro-furry sex. Oh, yeah. I Look. think whatever you need to do to get your rocks off, whether you have to wear like a cat suit in a lab coat or dragon wings mm-hmm. or uh, a diaper. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to shame anyone out there. Here's the one thing I am against. What 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 are you against? Is like two heterosexual people having just like nude sex at night in a bed. I'm anti-missionary. That's disgusting. I don't care for it. No. No one should do it and we don't approve of it. And if you do it, not only you're you lame. You're lame. You're but, very lame. You know, it's disgusting and we don't like hearing about it. It's no, also thank just like you. so 2000 and late. I In know, the words right? of the immortal Will I Am, it yeah. is 2000 and late. Speaking of, you know, trying to get honest with yourself about who you are and mm-hmm. what you are, yeah. we're going to talk about Kylie Jenner. I love Kylie Jenner. I, I'm obsessed with Kylie Jenner. I'm obsessed with all of the Jenner Kardashians. I I've, love them all. I've been thinking about the fact that in the way furries are the uh, the, the beating heart, as you said, mm-hmm. of Web 1.0, of yeah. like early internet, mm-hmm. I feel like Kylie Jenner is the beating heart of like Instagram, Snapchat, Vine, Tumblr. Like she's the new teen internet like lifeblood. I think that makes a lot of sense. I like this theory where you're going with this. I uh, I have have you heard about the Kylie Jenner conspiracy theory? What's that? Okay. So, I'm not actually sure how I stumbled across this, but I just started noticing people kind of doing incredibly close screenshots of Kylie Jenner's mouth. Right, because she she's known for having these she posts pictures with these big giant lips and people there's the controversy, oh did she get like plastic surgery or right. is it just she's doing her makeup with a lot of lip liner and you know it's no one can really tell what the truth is. I mean, what is the truth? And it's actually inspired uh, a trend on Twitter mm. uh of calling her a catfish. Okay. So in the sense of like Catfish, the MTV show where right. you pretend to be someone on the internet that you're not, this concept is that Kylie Jenner is a catfish and that there are multiple Kylie Jenners. Okay. What? So it's what? like it's like there is a, a real Kylie Jenner. Okay. And then there is a Kylie Jenner that is in paparazzi photos and like like actual photos with the family. So there's a, a there's like a Kylie Jenner they're keeping in the attic. And then there's like <laughs> they've hired a Kylie Jenner. Okay, what? How, how do you get to be a Kylie Jenner stunt double? I wonder. I don't know. I I, I would love to be one. So wait, I need to hear more about this theory. Okay. So so Kylie is the youngest of the Jenners. She's yes. Kim's half sister. She's not the supermodel. That's Kendall. I believe that she is somewhere between the ages of seventeen and nineteen. She's seventeen. She's not eighteen yet. Okay. Yeah. So so she's still underage, and that's why the rumors that it was perhaps plastic surgery are sort of shocking because she's you know she's not a full adult yet; she's still a teenager. Right. And she doesn't really look like the Kardashians because she just she's right. Jenner. She's, yeah, she's only half Kardashian. Well, she's not any Kardashian, but yeah, she, she's the half sister of Kim. So um, I think that there's this pressure of her to look mm-hmm. in the Kardashian aesthetic brand, mm-hmm. and I also think that teenagers. As much as they love Kylie Jenner, hate her. Right. Well, and I also mean, I think they're jealous. Oh, of course. I mean, I wish I was Kylie I'm Jenner. I'm jealous of Kylie. She's Jenner. got a great life. She's got a great life. And I think that there's this 
kind of idea that it's funny to crap on Kylie Jenner in the way that you would crap on the popular girl in your high school. Mm -hmm. So they've started this rumor based on um, early photos of Kylie Jenner versus current photos of Kylie Jenner. And I'm going to show you one right now. But basically in the one, uh, in the pre-catfish photo, she looks uh, like a normal teenage girl. Right. And in uh, her newest Instagram photos, she has the same like blue-green streaks in her hair. Yeah. But- she almost looks like a different person. It's very clear that she has a lot more makeup and styling, but it's really hard to tell. Like, also, Photoshop is. Is it she just has one of those Photoshop things? Like, you know, this is a very like filtered photo versus like a still where she's kind of like talking. I mean, so they believe, though, that this is two separate different people. I mean, like all things with teenagers on the internet, mm-hmm. I'm not totally sure how much they seriously believe versus it's uh, like a meme. Do they think it's kind of like on the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air where they just replaced the mom and never mentioned it? I think it's similar. <laughs> that I- it's like that on the Keeping Up with the Kardashian show, they just swapped out Kylie for a different Kylie and just kept going and never mentioned it? I mean, if I was the Kylie that got swapped out. Uh-huh. I'd imagine you'd have to pay me such insane amounts of money to keep my mouth shut about being the first Kylie Jenner that I wouldn't even mind being swapped out. <laughs> Fair enough. I would rather be, I would actually almost rather be the pre-Kylie Jenner Kylie Jenner because I would look vaguely like Kylie Jenner, but I wouldn't have to be on TV every day. Yeah, you get to keep your privacy. So what does it mean by, when you say is a catfish? Like, I'm familiar with that term of being like a verb. Like, I catfish someone, meaning... I posted a picture that wasn't me on MySpace and I dated someone and they thought that I was a supermodel, but in reality, I'm the bridge troll that I actually am. That's actually how I ended up hosting this podcast. <laughs> you told me you were one person and I came into the studio yeah, and it was someone yeah. totally different. I, uh, so they use catfish in the same way. Okay. Uh, if you're a catfish, you are the bridge troll that is convincing people on the internet that you are not. Okay, so they they mean to say that she's using pictures of somebody else to post on her social media accounts, but in reality, like, so I'm thinking that it's Kylie is, there's real life Kylie, and then she uses these pictures that she found on somebody else's account to post to, like, Instagram. Or even goes even further and has actually just hired a social media double to be a (laughs) Kylie Jenner in public while they keep the Kylie Jenner that actually looks like a 17-year-old girl hidden away in some basement. Only a teenager could come up with this theory. Oh, definitely, because teenagers are crazy and should go to jail for 18 years. Yes. But I honestly don't know what happened to Kylie Mm -hmm. Jenner. It could be puberty. could be Photoshop. Yeah. could be plastic surgery. It's But it's also a weird phenomenon because typically a teenager wouldn't have this kind of scrutiny. Right, of course. It's a relatively new, and especially with like Instagram, Snapchat, Vine, Twitter, all these things, this teenager has to just be a public figure constantly. Oh, yeah. I mean, we were just normal teenagers, and it's horrible enough as it is. I mean, I think being a teenager in the public eye has got to be incredibly difficult. I mean, imagine if your mom told you to wash off your Juggalo face paint, put down the <laughs> Whippet canister, and take an Instagram photo to promote your brand. No, Mom! I'm a Juggalo for life! You know, turn down that Slipknot and promote this, like, f- fruit smoothie on Instagram. Oh. But you know what's funny is that Kylie, I mean, I think because she's the youngest and she like has this sort of edgy look, assuming it's at least one of the potential existing Kylies right? Um, within the Kylie multiverse, um, 
she really is <laughs> quantum Kylie Jenner. Yeah, well, <laughs> she appears in all space and time. So teenagers really are obsessed with her because she's sort of she's like one of them. She's the teenager. I mean, Kendall is like she's now a supermodel. Right. She's she's off, you know, in doing Chanel shows. Kim is like a 34 year old mom. She's a mom. Yeah, she's, she's not related. Kind of. You know, she's in a totally different stratosphere of life existence. So, like, the number one most searched for celebrity on Tumblr is some YouTube star. And then <laughs> Kylie is number three, and Kim is like number 11 or something. That's so, wild. Yeah. So, Kylie is way more relevant to where teenagers are actually communicating than Kim, who is you know, more famous in a macro sense of that's what people magazine readers care about. But teenagers on Tumblr and on Instagram and all these sort of teen-centric places, they really care about Kylie. Here's my profound theory of the Kardashian-Jenner milieu, if you will. Kim Kardashian is Facebook. Kylie Jenner is Instagram. This makes sense. One is the other the way the one is the other. It's like they, they've figured out how to distribute their children into like spheres of like influence. Yeah, I've I've encountered this problem before though. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with the musician Andrew W.K.? Oh yeah, and the Steve Mike conspiracy. Yes. So explain this. Okay, so there's a conspiracy theory that there's. So if you've never seen Andrew W.K., he has a very iconic look. Yeah, long hair, Big dirty beard, white t-shirt, white t-shirt, white pants. Mm-hmm. I first heard of this theory when my friend, Nick Basilis, mm-hmm. uh, he was in a punk band and he opened for uh, a battle of the bands that was being hosted by NGWK. Okay. Now, my friend Nick goes by Nick P. He was very drunk at the time, but he maintains that he saw video of NGWK hosting a different battle of the bands that same night in L.A. <laughs> And this was on Long Island. And he claims, and then he, he started telling me about this, so mm-hmm. I went in and I, I kind of learned that the conspiracy theory is that there is an army of Andrew WKs that make public appearances all over the planet. So the way I've always heard this is that, um, and for any listeners who want to check it out, there is a great sort of rundown of the conspiracy theory on Gawker from a couple of years ago by Alex Perrine about right. the Steve. And it's spelled like S-T-E-E-V. Like, not Steve, like it's normally spelled, Steve Mike. So the idea is that it's, um, he's this this one other guy that the Andrew W.K. character was like, I'm sick of being Andrew W.K. You, Steve Mike, you can go off and be that character and record albums. Ask me now. That's a different conspiracy theory than I'd heard. Oh, okay. So I actually met him at a Warp Tour when I was uh, interviewing him for my school paper. Okay. And I think this, this kind of sums up all of the theories that might pop up about mm-hmm. multiple people playing one person. Mm-hmm. I asked him, point blank, is there more than one Andrew W.K.? Mm-hmm. What did he say? And he looked at me and he said, I love being Andrew W.K. It's a great time. Whoa. There you go. Dun, dun, dun. I'm paraphrasing that quote, of course, because mm-hmm. this was like five years ago. Yeah. Got to put that in there for journalistic standards. So, Carla Jenner, maybe more than one person. Either way, she's got a hell of an Instagram account. <laughs> they have a hell of an Instagram account. Yeah. Follow Friday to my favorite people who are on the internet but kind of not on the internet at all. In (laughs) fact, in a way, they're the last people to be on the internet and they're not quite there yet. But I love them. I'm one of them. My people. 
bird watchers. Bird watchers. I love bird watching. I'm a bird watcher. But and now are you actually? Now are you, is this like an ironic yeah, yeah, bit? No, or no, you, that, like, you like bird watching? I for once I'm not joking. I enjoy as a hobby bird watching. Um, but. Uh, most bird watchers are old retired people. Of course. And they are not really on the internet. So there's not much of an online bird watching community. Um, however, I m- belong to a Yahoo group <laughs> <laughs> called eBirds NYC. <laughs> and it's very active. And people in the tri state area or New York post daily their bird sightings. Are there a lot of good birds in New York? There's, New York City is actually a great place to go bird watching. It's sort of on this migratory flight path for the East Coast and Central Park is because there's not like a lot of green space. Right. It's, it's the one, you know, three square miles or whatever where birds actually sort of have to land when they're tired, when they're migrating. So it, it actually is this amazing place where you get a huge concentration of birds in a really small area. Um, and so people are posting all the time about whatever they see. You know, there's there's ocean birds, um, migratory birds, all sorts of great things. But people, because they're old and they are also, bird watchers are very curmudgeonly. Uh, I was going to ask, so what are the conversations like? So one of the things that they love fighting about is <laughs> that there are these sort of unspoken rules to bird watching, and then sometimes people don't know them. So one of them is that you would never post the location of an owl. <laughs> okay. What? So you would say, I saw a, you know, Baltimore Oriole at exactly this spot right. in this area, and people would be like, great, because, I mean, that's actually not a rare bird, but let's say it was a rare bird, you would want to go and what's, find what's it. What's like a rare bird? Um, you know, I think that the best thing that I saw was a type of African heron that sort of blew into Coney Island by accident a couple Whoa. of years ago. That was great. So people, every day, <laughs> they'd be posting updates to this Yahoo group being like, I saw the heron, it was like right here, if by the trash cans and the Red Hook, like, it was this sort of nightmare you would have to like go through all this garbage to find this bird but um <laughs> but with owls because owls tend to stay in one spot for a really long time right as opposed to sort of flying around and because they're relatively rare to actually see you know you'd get these hordes of birders showing up and it would frighten them and disturb them and stress ah. them out so you're not supposed to post the location of the owl something that i learned the hard way when I was really excited about you posted po- an owl. I posted and like it was one of my few posts that I ever done to this Yahoo group because I was so <laughs> excited in Central Park. I saw this owl and I checked. There's this like other message board that shows like over the past hundred years all the bird sightings of the park and it hadn't been seen in like a long time. And I posted that this uh, the northern saw wet owl had been <laughs> spotted right near the, the reservoir, and I got these angry, angry responses like, take this down, like, you horrible person. Um, <laughs> so I learned that the hard way. People were really mean about it. And then I realized that it actually probably was pretty common, but just no one had posted the spotting for a reason. Right. But so I want to give a shout out to the people that I love slash like to yell at me, the birders of the eBirds NYC <laughs> Yahoo group, bird watchers in general. Follow Friday. So, yeah, thank you for listening to uh, Internet Explorer. Uh, I'm Ryan Broderick. I'm Katie Metopoulos. I'm feeling very solemn right now, Katie, because this is the last episode that I'll be doing with you in real life. I'm also relieved because the stench is just overwhelming. 
I'm feeling a little reserved on the inside because I'm trying to not outwardly convey my joy that you're leaving. I'm being completely uploaded into the internet, and I will be doing this podcast from a Google Hangout sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, but no, in real life, I am moving to England to work with our English team uh, and look for memes all over the world. Ooh. So uh, be prepared for some pretty cool international memes coming yeah. up. So you, so Ryan will still be podcasting with us, but just remotely from England. And I'll still be here in my Cheeto-stained chair. As history has proven, nothing can stop a straight white man from podcasting. <laughs> I'm sure everyone knows about drama that happens in relationships. For furries, it's referred to as being a drama llama. But it's like if you go around and you just troll people, you're called a flea.